when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It is some indeterminate date because actually (laughs) what you're about to hear is a special conversation displaced from time and space between me, editor-in-chief of Waypoint, Austin Walker, and a friend of the site, I guess, is, is and, and a, a game developer we respect a lot, Steve Gaynor, <laughs> co-founder of Fulbright, uh, who has been just pestering me for <laughs> weeks to sit down. It's been months. Talk. It's been months. It's been months. It's, well, you've been pestering me for a long time, just yes. generally, <laughs> Steve. Welcome to the show, first of all. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for coming on. As a heads up, we are absolutely going to be talking about spoilers, about specific missions, about story stuff. So, uh, so just you know, heads up. If, if you're not interested in that, no worries. We will see you in our one of our regular episodes. But if that doesn't bother you, then, then keep listening because it's going to be it's going to be a dope conversation. But what we wanted to talk about was Mafia Three, which is I think a game that probably surprised us both this year. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, and and I think that I mean. It probably surprised both of us that we were as into it as we ended up being, and I'm not sure, but I feel like maybe uh, our reasons for being into it are also slightly different. I thought that might be an interesting conversation. Yeah, probably. So, so just like a quick like, let's hit those those like who's and what's. Mafia right. Three obviously came out by uh, earlier this year, October seventh. Uh, it was made by Hangar Thirteen. Shout outs to the people at Hangar Thirteen who who. Uh, I had a number of various uh, yeah. uh, preview uh, interactions with. Yeah, yeah, you, you had some, you had some interest. Some, I mean, like, and when, when I say interesting, I'm not even being facetious. Like, legitimately no, totally. interesting pre-release discussions with them about how they were handling narrative and race stuff. And yeah, that. and like the thing—that's the thing I think that that maybe is part of the like the things that we we come from maybe different angles here was like so much of my pre-release stuff ended up being like okay if they don't stick the landing on that narrative stuff they don't stick the landing on the historical stuff yeah if they don't stick the landing on the characterization then like they fucked up because right. they were taking a lot of risks in that way mm-hmm. um and then i think that they like mostly hit it yeah, yeah. outside of like the pacing maybe which sure. which got in the way of that characterization a little bit but but i interrupted you i interrupted your rundown of just like what this thing is mafia 3 open world action game set in 1960s fake new orleans yeah uh, uh, set in New Bordeaux, which is a, a sort of the 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 big reasons that they gave me for why they were not setting it in New Orleans. Besides that, like, kind of like obvious, like anytime you try to reduce a city down to a gameplay city, then you're, you're fucking up in, in some way. But, but like, there the two things that I really liked for their for their like reasoning. There was like one, they wanted sections that went underground occasionally, 
And that's not how New Orleans is built. <laughs> that's not how the Earth is built. It's, in that, it's not on that part of the globe. <laughs> no, you, you, you can go underground if you want to go underwater. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anyway, and then yeah. two, they wanted wide streets for mm, like '60s sure. action movie style, like bullet style, wide turn car yeah. chases, which is like pretty important because like that is a thing that happens in that game a lot and yeah. feels fucking great to like right. fishtail out around like a, a really wide turn. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I have definitely seen some critics be like, okay, well, they're retreating from reality in some way. Like, I, I'm going to cut them the slack here and yeah. say that, like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy that they, they took those. Like, there's other practical problems. If, you, if it takes place in New Orleans, like, what are the world boundaries, you know? Like, right. I don't know. They, there's a lot of value to... I, I think that it's a good thing that, like, Grand Theft Auto Vice City took place in Vice City and not Miami. You know what I mean? Right. Like, because you, yeah. can, you can represent the the core of that place and its districts and all that kind of stuff without being like oh but that's not where that intersection is you know what i mean i think that's right yeah i also think like i think it also just spoke generally to what they were trying to do which was like evoke a time and a place more than represent it yeah um which was which is a tricky path to walk because like that's a way you could fuck that up too and like okay you're really just you're really just speaking to what the cultural memory of 1960s Southern America is. Yeah. Not Southern America, but like the Southern states. The South, um, yeah. The South, you're not actually... But I think that there were enough things happening there that, that collided just so to like do more than just evoke it. I think a lot of the yeah. writing was really good. And then also just like I think that, that New Bordeaux is like a dope place to walk around. Yeah. Um, and that, good on them for that shit. But, but what, what did you come to the game expecting and like... What what was your like big surprise? I, I mostly um, took the leap of playing Mafia Three when it was released, um, literally because the game was built in the same rooms where we built Bioshock Two. Um, oh, interesting. Like Hangar Thirteen, Hangar Thirteen's primary development space, as far as I'm aware, is literally like the same part of the building that you know I was sitting in making levels for Bioshock 2. And there's a few people that uh, that carried over. There's like as far as I'm aware, there's only a handful of people that there's any crossover on the actual team. Um, interestingly enough, two of them were the uh, lead artist and one of the environment artists on Minerva's Den. So like there are people I worked with really closely. Um, and a lot Full of the environments in the game are beautiful. Collusion. Um, yeah, this is, yeah, this yeah, is... yeah, yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Uh, <laughs> play, playing games people you know worked on. Colluding yeah. as shit. Collusion. Uh, collusion. <laughs> Lean into it harder, Walker. I want to hear that. Oh, that's Ooh. it. I'm going to get us on the internet where they hate us. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, that's an actually an interesting connection I had no idea about. Did, is that a thing that you could, like, sense in any way? Is there is there a spirit to that space that sunk its way in? Coming through the game itself, I probably wouldn't say so. Because there's been a yeah. lot of, like... The whole um, the the XCOM shooter game happened between right. when I left uh, when I left that studio and when Mafia Three started. Um, so there's been like there's been a lot of time and a lot of drift, but just sort of from my own point, I was like, I'll play the thing that got made there. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see how this turned out. I, I was at E3 this year and uh, walked around. 2K's like crazy, like yeah. like French one, district. Yeah, one block of uh, <laughs> of New Bordeaux that they built, and they had like a live jazz band playing in and everything. Yeah. So I was like, I'll see how this thing turned out, and um, I think that my reaction to it was counter to what a lot of the 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 positive critical um, 
reaction that I saw was where personally I found the the first couple hours to be um for me, for it not to click with me during those first couple hours where the game is is mostly um pretty guided you know you're you're going from like heavily scripted story mission to story mission and, and kind of establishing the characters and the place um but you are also being very kind of like led from one one mission to the next um and i think that a lot of people reacted positively to the flow of the game by saying those first few hours are great because there's all this really rich stuff. And then it's just kind of, you do these like samey systemic missions for like hours and hours and hours. And then you get to finally finish the game. And my experience with the game was that I was like, okay, I'm playing through story missions. Like I get it. I, okay. You scripted a thing in a level. That's, that's (laughs) fine. Like it's, it's cool. But like the, I it, it I felt a little bit sleepwalky through it, and like we'll we'll get to the story stuff. Uh, I'm sure. By the way, you might be hearing yeah. my cat Delicious screaming in the background. That's a good so. name for a cat. I didn't know if it was a cat or a baby, which is I believe an evolutionary trait of cats. I've read. I think so. Yeah. So like, good job, cat. You're fucking nailing the baby impression. <laughs> baby impression. Oh man, baby. look at oh this uh, is I'm mad I'm not getting a picture for real. I'm gonna I hit print screen. Like old school this is happening. You're gonna have to paste it into paint. I'm gonna I'm literally a, going to do BNP. that and then like preview for uh, that's gonna be a hot preview for this episode when All right, it comes good, out. That's good. Great. Uh, but but anyway, so like you know, I, I I was sort of um it wasn't clicking with me, and then the place where it really started to click with me was where they do just like set you free into the idea of this core systemic loop of saying, all right, you get into an area, there's going to be kind of three rackets in that area. You choose which one to tackle first. And then you start grinding through the, the, you know, the, the like warehouses and bases and and places where this stuff's actually happening. And that allows you to find like the, the low level boss is controlling that racket and then you can take him out and take over that racket and you take it all over and you have the whole district and then you get to choose which of your three lieutenants is in charge of that district and that unlocks new stuff that you can do as a player and you're kind of trying to balance with you know like their um, allegiance to you versus like what stuff you want and who you're trying to um, like match the Interestingly, I thought match the yes. tone of the place to who you're giving it to, even that though that like, has no bearing. No I bearing, think, on but anything. but there was definitely for me like I sat out and I really clearly plotted shit out there yeah. in my mind as to like okay, like I'm gonna give the French district has prostitution. I'm gonna put Cassandra in charge of that because like I trust her not to fuck that up as <laughs> right. bad as these other two dudes are gonna do. Yeah, like oh Vito has connections with with the with you know labor. I'm gonna set him up with the construction shit in downtown or whatever. Right. right? Yeah. But then there was actually a, the district that fucked it up for me was the Frisco Fields, which is this like. It's like the district that most directly intersects with like white supremacy, like active white supremacy. Right. It's the one where like you go into the KKK like analog, right. uh, uh, like burning a cross and having a, a, a whole like rally. Yeah. It's also where you infiltrate and drug a um, uh, a country club event. Right. Everybody is like flipping out on acid and stuff. Yeah. So one, I didn't play that section because we did it on the 72 hour live stream. Okay. Um, which was, we, we, 
Instead, I watched Prodigy from Mob Deep play through that section, <laughs> which was incredible yeah. uh, because like he hadn't played any of the game before that, and that right. was like one a really plot heavy thing, right. and then ends with this gunfight against uh, this this lady who you're going after and her like armed like guard basically yeah. inside of this tight room. In in the country club, yeah. where he was, he went in like no armor, having not gotten used to any of the shooting controls, and ended up playing out like a thirty minute Hotline Miami section, where like he like just kept iterating and getting yeah. better and better, and like figuring out like okay, I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna duck behind the bar, I'm gonna grab the gun over the top of the bar, I'm gonna shoot those two guys, I'm gonna wait for them to like get to the point where they're like in different positions, then I'm gonna like get this guy who's gonna come around the bar on this side, I'll do a melee kill on him, then like and yeah. that was like really really enjoyable to watch and yeah. and was to me i think speaking to a little bit of what you're talking about which like like obviously i this is not the systemic open world stuff but the the like encounter design yeah works really well right. in this game which is for me why the open world grind works because mostly those are like designed far cry outposts yeah. right like these are like okay how do i want to approach this and then it it relies on the like moment to moment gunplay feeling really really rewarding right well and that was something that i that i think was uh was a was a i i don't know i i didn't get the impression that, that was one of the first things that people um talked about with the game but i no. felt like the mechanics of encounters were really well tuned and really satisfying. Like that was the thing that I really connected with. Once they got you into the just like territory control section of the game, was that yeah, I felt like every time I went into one of these little systemic outposts where there's like a gambling den or something, that that right. core loop of like, okay, you can approach this from multiple angles, you can like pick the lock to sneak in and then go loud or whatever. Um that the the flow of approaching a space that's a you know author encounter within the open world and then the actual like game mechanics of how the shooting works how switching weapons works how the ai reacts to what you do the ai being like just stupid enough mm -hmm. for it to be satisfying but like surprising enough that you don't just feel like they're yeah. you know a, a shooting gallery um there was the, i really felt like it was maybe at a good time for me where I just felt like I could just pick it up for a couple hours at any point. And it felt really, you know, weird, you know, like uh, ironic way, like kind of meditative to just be like, all right, I'll do a few more of these. And you drive to the place mm -hmm. and you do the thing then you, <laughs> you blow away the guys and you murder and, 12 like, people. That was the shit where like <laughs> more, more than most games that I play, you know, I was sending this stuff to you, but while I was playing, I was taking a lot of uh, PS4 share videos and putting them up on Twitter because there were just these moments where it's like, right. well, shit, like these these mechanics add up to being good, satisfying, like combat mechanics, but also reinforcing these very almost like like systemically cinematic moments where you're like, oh, I dropped that guy and then, you know, his friend, you know, like mm -hmm. those kind of moments where you're like, oh, shit. I'm really glad there's this button on this console so I can just show right. what just happened to, to people. <laughs> <laughs> here's this here's this gunfight that feels or like not even the gunfight. The thing that I loved about a lot of the videos that you shared were like and this is true for I think the the game in general. The like tense lead up to when you're going to basically pull the trigger yeah. both on the gun and on the plan you've kind of figured out in your head. I'm just like, "All right, oh, okay, I'm going to come in from this angle. There's the explosive truck over there." Like, "All right, <laughs> Two, yeah. One. 
go. And like that moment of it, like, okay, it's either going to go off or it's not. And then if it does really smoothly, it looks yeah. great. And if it doesn't, it still looks really fun and good. Uh, for the most part, like I, I think there are a couple of areas sure. that like the camera couldn't keep up with, but generally speaking, like watching the plan unfold right. was always just like a, a joy. Uh, and that is a surprising thing for an open world action game a third-person open-world action game in general. Like, that yeah. is not a thing that I expected from this game, even having played it before. Um, I knew it was like it did some of that stuff well, but I didn't expect to keep coming back to it. And then the thing I really didn't right. expect was how expressive it would feel. That, like, you know, you say the words go loud earlier, and, like, there was a point in this game where, like, okay, the weapons I should be using are this stealth, like, long-range gun... And this stealth or this like silenced pistol, basically, like because that's the way I can get through these spaces as cleanly as possible without risking, you know, dying and having to load my game. <laughs> I, fu- I said, fuck that. Instead, I'm going to get this big fuck off loud pistol and like a shotgun or, uh, you yeah. know, a, a marksman rifle or an AK or something. Right. Like where it was just like, oh, I want the, the thing I want to author with this game yeah. is kicking down the door right now. And like that feeling the game that tells you the any game that makes me play uh, uh, less efficiently, less exactly. optimally, because it feels good to do that, yep. is like a check. Good. Yep, you did a good job. Yeah, it, it was so satisfying to be able to say like, I'm gonna like pick the lock on the door, choke out the the, the first guy who's like you know in the side room, and then we get right. behind cover, and there's like toss a grenade into the middle of the guys and just clean up the rest of them with a magnum and like <laughs> yeah. call in the hit squad to like pile in through yeah. the back door and just start going buck wild oh. on everybody. <laughs> that hit squad it is. hit squad is like way too satisfying because they roll in at a pace that is just like a breakneck pace yeah. because they're just like oh we're here we're killing people there's no lead up for them they have they have none of the idea of like oh we have to slow no they're here with fucking shotguns ready to go and i love them i love the barks on the hit the, the hit squad too because they just roll up and they're just they're just like here's some motherfuckers and it's yeah. like yes <laughs> <laughs> they're so good. They're like they're like calling in uh, an artillery strike or something in some other game. Exactly, it's like yeah. all the way in. And I think maybe that's the thing that I, I realized after the fact was like the lineage that this game takes place in. Obviously, you had you had made the Far Cry Two tweet, which which like I think is yeah. like oh fuck, that's why I like this game so much. But also yes. in like the mercenaries one and two lineage, the sort of like open world, like you said, systemically driven like oh, this is the sort of game we kind of stopped having. The, the one that, that I connected back to was Godfather 2, um, which was an open-world action game. And I, I actually made that comparison in my second preview meeting with one of the PR guys there. And he was like, oh, is that a, is that a good thing? And I was like, for me, it's a really good... I think this is the sequel right. to Godfather 2 <laughs> I, I never knew I wanted. Um, because that was a game that was similarly about like taking over territory and defending it and recruiting people. Like, all, all that, a lot of that stuff like overlaps there uh and then like it was just about can that core loop be satisfying and that is a thing that can be hard to sell in this package where the most flashy stuff is the mocap like the facial animation and the like the soundtrack and i like all of those things in this game a lot so which by the way i did think that the i was impressed by the performances uh and and the animation of the characters during the performances in the cutscenes. Um, even though it wasn't like what I showed up for when I was like watching the cutscene, they were like, that's like, that's, that's some more expressive, yeah. yeah. Like face animation and stuff than you normally see. And the 
people that they got to perform the parts I thought did a, did a really great job. Father um, James. Father James for me was like, oh shit, like that dude looks sad. I don't see game characters who look like that they're struggling with their sadness that all, like outside yeah. of just like bad sobbing anime faces. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, there yeah. was like a sort of reserved sadness that that they managed to capture with, with, with that character that was really fucking good. Yeah. Also, the 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 amount of facial reading they did for Lincoln Clay, uh, I remember it being impressive because I remember in the in the systemic uh, stuff. I I'm, I'm trying to remember if it was. I think it must have been when you would whistle mm. to get somebody's mm-hmm. attention because you could distract guys with whistling. They rigged his cheeks to be able to like puff out when he would whistle. And I think maybe also when he was like catching his breath after sure. sprinting or whatever. But I just remember seeing him go like, and you could see yeah. like yeah. you know. And I'm like, okay, they like they went for <laughs> they it. They went yep. all the totally. way there. Yeah. Um, I also thought that like the shady CIA guy had a lot of really good just like. Just slimy, you yes. know, expressions. Like it came through in his face. What a shame he was. And also that the post credit stinger with him in it. Did you did you stick through the credits to see that nonsense? I, I I got to the last level of the game. It was one of those last levels. It's just a meat grinder. That's just yep. like how about a hundred dudes? And I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to finish this mission, see the cutscene, and then see the credit. I. I'm fine. I'm good. So I, I never actually made it out of that because I just got killed a bunch of times by dudes with fucking machine guns, and I didn't make it. Yeah, no, that last level is not great. Spoiler time. Like we're gonna we're gonna dip into some spoilers really quick. Uh, yeah, for I, sure. I probably, probably should have said that at the top. Obviously. Um, yeah, throw it on the yeah, beginning. Exactly. I will. Uh, the two things. One, um, I really liked driving out there and hearing the like weird cover versions of the songs on the soundtrack. I think that's a really yeah. strange thing to have done. It was like it, it, it was, was a very yeah. like directed moment of like, oh, we can use all the tools in the box. We don't just have to like yeah. have someone on the radio say a thing that is like related. We don't just have to like, oh, we can just like make this feel the way a movie does or a, a, a prestige television show does. I'm just like, oh, right, yeah. we can just fuck with the soundtrack really quick. Uh, I really like that. Yeah, it was a, that was a really strange meta yeah. moment that, like, I think probably for everybody, including myself, it took it it took me a minute for it to, like, yeah. dawn on me. Because first I'm just like, wait, what am I hearing? And then I realize it's one of the songs from the game, and then I, like, Google it, and it's the right, Misfits. Right, right, <laughs> like, Excuse Sorry, what? Me? Excuse, and they're like more than like there were three versions. There are three different songs. Each radio station had one, which is like cool. All right, good. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad I can listen to this like fake Lou Reed like uh, Bad Moon Rising cover of or you know of Bad Moon Rising, which is like yeah, okay, yeah. yeah this is this this works. Uh, a funny thing being being on the like development and production side of things is, I my take on that is that. Um, Basically, when you're licensing music, you have to pay two different mm-hmm. fees, and one is for the composition uh-huh. of the music, and one is for the actual recording of the music. And so as a music licensor at 2K, you can be like, all right, well, we want some covers of the song. We just have to pay right. for the recording. We already, we already have, have a comp, right. And so it's like, and so it's like a fun That's point. Like, I can see how... How the designers would be, or the creative director or whatever, would be like, oh, well, we want to do this, and music being like... Eh, yeah, right. sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah, like it's not that it's it's not like licensing a whole new song. Right, sure, right. That's know? really funny. Uh, anyway. That's really good. I'm surprised we don't get more of that sort of thing. Given that, where like I could imagine a game that uses that to like incredible effect. That like weaves various versions of things in like even inside of a single scripted scene. 
briefly, like the end of that game is interesting because it can pay out a bunch of different ways, and it, and it does. It, it's a thing that feels true to the systemic. There's elements of it that that want to address the systemic stuff, and like that was to me one of yeah. the big questions. Was like, does it fucking matter what I do with all of these districts? Like. Uh, it obviously felt like a game that was built to be easily gamed in terms of keeping loyalty straight. Right, which which I did. I, I, I did the whole thing where you give yeah. one district to each person each time so that nobody gets too pissed, which I would have been interested to see if you, like, give three districts to the same person in a row. Does everybody else just, like... Can you actually lose lieutenants or what? You absolutely can. Like, there's unique missions where you have to go after them and kill them if they leave you. No shit! Yeah, like, you have to oh, go into man. the place where you first recruited them, and that area is turned back into, like, a, a scripted level sequence. That's where you have to, like, wild. Infiltrate, get them, and fucking kill them. I and, bet like, that, once like, you're against me. anybody ever does that. Yep. Uh-huh. That's uh, it's like, but it, But it makes a pretty cool segment at your E3 presser, you yeah. know, or demo, or whatever, right? Actually, it wasn't at E3. That was, like, one of the behind the stuff. Yeah. was, like, one of the, like, later preview events. But still, like... Okay, like you're being honest about this in a way that I didn't expect. I mean, on that level, it makes me wish that they had made the math add up so that you me had too. to have at least one turn against you to finish the game. But or if they had made it so that the different districts did definitely count in different ways, so that you could fuck up the math that way. Right, like, Give, giving somebody downtown is worth way more than giving them yeah the, yes. the bayou or whatever. Yeah. Right, exactly, sure. exactly. So like that that could be that would have been a really cool thing to to do. But so then the the way that the endings end up working out is that like you get to the the end and there's like six branches or whatever. Yeah. Not really six, but there's like three where it does it does figure out if you are um maybe it doesn't fully figure out if you all right. So so what it does is it, it says okay step one. What's Lincoln Clay do? Does he take the throne or does he leave town? Okay. Um, which is like, all right, yeah, he does say at the beginning of the game, like, he just wants to go to California, and like, and like, all right, you just fucking leave. You is, just fuck is, that, off. is that like a player choice, or is that... That's a player okay. choice, so that's right. a player choice. But then, the second thing is, you go into, like, if you do take the throne, you, uh, you then have to make the choice as to whether or not to... I guess no matter what, you're, you're giving some part of the district over, you're, you're kind of like raising one lieutenant up a little bit i believe um so right if you're leaving you have to be like okay peace but like hey one of you guys take care of this and that's system that's completely procedural like that's like based on who got what territory it it ends up whoever has like the most value or whatever becomes like the head of new of new bordeaux okay uh and that has its own like credit sequence that is like not equal for each person yeah Vito is like the only one who gets a decent ending oh really in New Bordeaux where like Vito's thing is just like oh yeah he's the Italian mob and like yeah he has some beef with the kind of like New York mob but like mostly it does well and he gets a lot of credit for shit that maybe he didn't do and like oh he's the guy who came in and stabilized things like he's like the fort and bra of New Bordeaux and uh Cassandra and Burke just like it goes bad. Like, <laughs> like the Colombians just fucking kill Burke in the streets. Yeah. Um and then the the Cassandra thing is interesting because I think it, it hits one of the things that the game wants to hit, which is the the question of race and and politics in, in the South in the 60s where she ascends to power and then she ascends to power no one believes her. Like no one's like no, you're not. That's sweet. Like and until uh, she kills the attorney general on the steps of the courthouse. 
Um, and it's like, no, like, I am in charge here. Yeah. And people are like, oh, yeah, you're in charge here. Until then, later, the federal government starts cutting, like, programs and, and funding for the city. And then Katrina hits. It goes all the way forward to Katrina. It goes. It goes until like a, a, a sure. Katrina okay. like sure. her style hurricane. I mean, it goes until I guess they, they kind of talk about it. They kind of do talk about it all the way forward because right, the, the framing device of the documentary sets it like that's right yeah. today, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah, right. Um, and they're like the Fed, the, like FEMA just never shows up, <laughs> and it's just like bodies in the streets. It's just like dark. Wow. Like wow, like. Vito got to like build a casino, right? Like, yeah, Cassandra got fucked, yeah. and and for me, one of the, the big surprises from for this from this game was that it was not afraid to be like, no, this is fucked. Like yeah. this is not repairable. Lincoln Clay isn't an an actor of justice, and in fact, the my favorite side plot in the game was this like the court case thing, which he like directly negatively impacts by being a black dude running around with a gun killing people. Right. And and therefore giving an alibi for this like shitty racist to kill two innocent black dudes. Right. Yeah. Um, I was so sure they would bumble all of this. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and I think partially because of the strength of the writing and partially because of the strength of the performances, like I think they managed to stick most of those landings. Yeah. Um, the thing I actually wanted to talk about was the post credit sequence, okay. which I need you to watch. Okay. I I need you to watch. As soon as possible, because it involves the Kennedy assassination <laughs> uh, and the shitty CIA guy and like his documentary stuff. The end of that game, do, the do, end of do, that credit do, sequence. Do you need? Do you need? Should we pause the we, recording? And yeah, should we should, go watch we should, it on no, YouTube. No, don't right pause now. the recording. I need your okay. live reaction. All right. And also, we can just cut it. We can also yeah. just cut it if this doesn't work. All right. Yeah, do, what's that guy? It's John Donovan. John okay. Donovan. I'm just doing Mafia 3 post-credits. After-credits conspiracy theories scene. It's three and a half minutes long, it. it seems, right? right? That okay. seems, yes. All right, here we go. I'm yes, watching that it. Is the video. I'm watching it in my headphones now. Me too. That's not true. I'm seeing an Underworld Blood Wars ad, <laughs> but that's okay. And hearing that the President of the United States had just been fucking murdered? Well, I knew right then and there that I couldn't let that stand that I would find a way to make it right no matter how long it took. What are you saying? I'm saying that Sal Marcano and a group of conspirators murdered Jack Kennedy. Oh, that is the most absurd thing I have ever heard. I assumed you would say that. Don't fucking move! This... You're out of your mind. Oh, I don't hold anyone's ambitions against them, Senator. And you certainly were ambitious, weren't you? You went to law school, and then you became a district attorney, and then the United States Senate. After Sal Marcano died, I went through his files. Imagine my surprise when I saw your name over and over and over and over again. The mob wanted Jack Kennedy dead, and you were more than willing to help. There are cameras everywhere. There's witnesses. No, I want you them never to get see that, these stupid asshole. Because then they will know that I am not finishing with you. I am starting with you. <laughs> That's completely outrageous. <laughs> it's outrageous. <laughs> That's, and it also seems like. 
it seems beyond the pale of being like over the top compared to like there there, there was shit in the rest of the game like especially how uh, Lincoln like did some like ultra murders to the main bad guys in super cool ways that was sort of he like did on do this some level. Ultra murders, it's true. <laughs> but like he did like pin someone to a Ferris wheel right. or a statue once. Yeah, it, but like he. he 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 burned a guy on a cross and all this shit, right? But like, yes, uh, <laughs> that post credit sequence is next level as far as that shit it's goes. It's so unbelievable. And and like, here's my like weird. Here's my capital L lore question: <laughs> Does the documentarian just find that footage in the collection of Senate tapes? Yeah, or was that like hidden somewhere? Uh, but for me, like that, I guess the, the reason I, I, I think people would have heard about like, that. I think he would have had a hard time walking out of that building. I'm just going to say I would hope so. (laughs) It's unbelievable. And, like, I don't know if that's what's next for Mafia. Like, is Mafia 4 going to tie to the Kennedy assassination? Is it going to be a conspiracy theory game? If if Mafia... If Mafia... Mafia what if Mafia 4 starts with that scene, but you're playing as John that's what Don- I'm Donovan? If, if Mafia yeah. 4... Because that's what he implies, right? He's yeah. like, you're not... Blast, you're the, you're the first. And so it's like, right. Mafia 4 is Donovan hunting down the conspiracy that assassinated JFK one by one, uh-huh. and just, like, drinking out of a flask while he drives to the next murder location. But, like, <laughs> like that would be incredible. And- well, clearly it's a they terrible idea the, that no one should do, but it's, it's a incredible. terrible idea. <laughs> uh, but I, the thing that I, the thing that was like weird about that for me, or interesting about that for me, was just like you did a, you did a, you were very careful about history for this whole game, and then like you remembered you were making a video game right. as a video game. <laughs> And you can do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, and also just, like, that only works if you've spent the last 30 hours thinking John Donovan is, like, kind of a madman right. and also kind of charming. And, like, that is – that payoff for him. And that's what the other one was just like, why the fuck are you helping Lincoln Clay destroy New Bordeaux? Right. Like, what do you get out of this? Oh, I get it. Kennedy. Yeah. Sure. sure. Yeah. Sure. I, it, like, I the, the, the implication that his long game was to – Act with such impropriety that he would get called into a Senate meeting that he could sneak a gun into so so that he could assassinate his real target? On camera. Specifically where other people could see it and he could announce it to the world, which is sure. Sure, Sure, man. Sure. Okay. So, like, I guess that leads to the two things. It's like, well, like, okay, so sorry. Want? So the, the, the place that I could the, the place that I could We're see falling in. sorry the place that Good. I could see that scene that we that we just watched working is in a Metal Gear game where yes, it's of that course. it's that exact scene except it ends with him like turning into smoke and teleporting out of there. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Fuck. Or that's not really John Donovan. That's a clone of John Donovan, right? Or someone who's been brainwashed to believe he's John Donovan, right? Like, at, like actually, like yeah, John Donovan disappears, and it's like a giant human-sized marionette that Psychomantis <laughs> was controlling into there to make it. Like, fuck off! Like, right. I think it's amazing. Anyway, it's amazing. But thank you it's for so introducing ridiculous. me to the to the Mafia Three lore. So we were talking about how. Uh, how well and carefully they handled the <laughs> history and politics. The story elements uh, of this game. I do think the story elements were like handled like 
the thing that I think put most people off was the pacing of the game. That yeah. they, they didn't hit the open world systemic stuff the way you and I did. And that's also like a weird conversation to have with somebody where they're just like, I wish there was a third less of this game. And then like I booted it up last night and was really upset I didn't have more stuff to go do. Right. Um, like because you, you kind of do the thing of like, oh, you stay in the open world afterwards. And it's just like, well, oh, okay. I've done all the side stuff except for the like go steal the weed from right. the boat like, and like who wants, I'm who good. wants to like, drive it really far away and then drive no. it really far away back like not no not I want to get into gunfights yeah. I want to get into like well and that was why that's why I did all of Vito's side missions because all of his side missions were like go find this mafia guy and waste him and come back I'm I like, so right, I, yeah. I did do I did all of those last night I had like two left right like, eh, I'll wrap those up real quick and like that was fun because I got into those same scrapes and like I want that DLC for this game really badly yeah. they're just like. I was like, just hit a button and let me repopulate the the outposts, basically. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, that would be fun. No, I mean, I think that like that's the that's the Far Cry Two connection for me is that like there's something that is really hard to encapsulate in a way that sounds like sexy and exciting, but yeah. a way that when you get into the flow state of the like big core loop that these that these these games have, where you're sort of like my mid like my my cl- my near term and midterm goals are clear and I've defined them and I've decided mm, I'm going to take this mission next and go to this place and like do something that will in a lot of ways be familiar and that I'm like comfortable inside of but be surprising yeah. in the in the, the 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 specific and then just be able to kind of live inside of that system you know for mm-hmm. for as, as long as as long as it's satisfying to you. And there's something that like all that, that when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo finance as America's number one finance destination. Yahoo finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market, join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Kind of flow state only comes out of by building these kind of multi-layered systemic um, stacks of like stuff to do um, in a way that, you know, is pretty rare and that I didn't see coming at when I started playing Mafia 3, and then I was like, oh, it's right. like this kind of thing. Well, that's nice to have one of these. Why do you think so many people don't click in that way and do just say, oh, I wish the open world was gone, or I wish it was just the linear stuff, well, with the story stuff? I mean, that's that's something that I... That's something that I wonder if this kind of game is hard to review well. Because yeah. I feel like, like, for me, I really enjoyed it because I just got to to just, like kind of grind through it at my own pace over the course of a few weeks. And if I was a reviewer that was like, you got to, you got to review this this week and you got something else next week. And I was like, I was like, I have to do more of this shit. I need to finish this game. You know, like if you had to, if, if you didn't get to choose your own pace for engaging with that stuff, I could see it being totally mind numbing and just like too much of it all at once. Like I've played this before. Can I just get through it? And so I don't know how much of the reaction to that was based on the context in which the game had to be played to be reviewed right, versus right. like, well, if you could just can put your hands on it, like, 
then it's it's a different experience, you know? I don't know. Yeah, there, it, it's a tough thing to, like... I've been thinking about this a lot lately in terms of, like... So, obviously, we don't run, like, traditional reviews. We, we run impressions, and we tend to run them in the middle of our play, not at the end. Right. Or sometimes we'll come back through and do some sort of wrap-up yeah. thing. Um, and that is a weird... That is a weird thing, but also a thing that I think might be more representative of how I play games... Like, naturally. Yeah. Like, I drop games a lot. I played eight hours of The Last Guardian. I think I'm done with The Last Guardian. Oh, wow. Um, I like The Last Guardian. I just, I, I, I have a hard time seeing that bird dog get hurt. Oh. Uh, bird cat. Sorry. Uh, whatever. The, the point is, like, I think naturally when I look at the hist- my history with games, I do the thing that you do with, with Mafia, which is like, yeah, I'm going to pick it up and play it. Like every other night, or a couple times a week, and I'll put a bunch of time into it. And I'll finish it, or I won't finish it, or uh, you know, I'll get distracted by something else, bigger or smaller, yeah. or life or whatever. And it is hard to ad- like reviews that are built around the. F- comp- I understand why reviews have to be about like the whole thing. Right. Like you're reviewing the whole thing, right, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but there is this other sort of play that is rewarding, even though you're bouncing before you hit the end credits. Yeah. and it is interesting to be in a position in my life where I can address that also. Where yeah. It's like, yeah, you can have a good time with this thing. Here's a thing it does that's, that it does surprisingly well. Here's a thing I didn't expect it to do. That can be the focus of what I'm writing about. Right. And not just like, is the whole, is the whole package worth your $60? Right. Um, because I think there are lots of people who play games the way reviewers do too, who do try to grind shit out. Yeah. And that... I could see this wearing on them for the same reason. But I didn't have to do that. So. Yeah. Well, and especially Mafia 3 came out you know, sandwiched between all the other stuff at the at the end of the year. You know, it was coming out along with like Titanfall two, and I don't know, like take your pick. Kind of, it was it was right in that season where, unless you're if like, you wanted to shoot dudes, there were lots of choices to shoot dudes. Yeah, well, and also if like if you're going to be a a big, big, huge, like just like immense game content wise, like at that time of year, you kind of have to be the one that people want to put that time into and not like another one of those, you know, if, if you're the, if you're the second ran in that, then like the overall, I think consensus will be like, well, but I'm already playing something gigantic, you know, and it's I'm not, I don't have time to, to go into another 40 hour thing right now. Right. So I guess that's the, like looking forward from this going off of the John Donovan shit and also just generally from like what our takeaways from this game are yeah. like, well, I, so I, I would be I'd be interested. Part of why I wanted to talk to to you about this is, yeah, like what were your more like what were your takeaways? Speaking of takeaways, at the end of this about specifically like the race and history and story stuff, because okay, from from my perspective, yeah. here, here's my point of view: is like a you know I'm a generic white guy, so I don't have much connection to mm-hmm. the 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 race and and like historical context in terms of like a personal background connection to right, it. Right. Um, actually my family is from Louisiana. So like it was sort of, there was some stuff that was kind of mm. interesting about that to me, but like, sure. I didn't grow up there, you know, et cetera. Right, and right. so from my point of view, I appreciated that they were addressing like real and hard to deal with stuff in the specific without shying away from it. Um, in a way that like binarily, you know, just like for the fact of it, I was like, that's cool. 
that that's good that you're doing it. And and like you said, they didn't fuck it up, right? Like it wasn't like because sure. you could totally because you could totally be like, oh, they're super talking about race and doing a terrible job. But that was not how it was for me. But past that point, from my point of view, I found it a little bit facile when you get oh, past totally. just the fact of it. So I, I didn't know where, where it came to for you. I definitely think that it does the thing that lots of lots of media that tries to tackle race does sometimes, which is like there are the racists, and if you can get rid of the racists, then things will be better. And that is not how racism functions in the world. Um, it isn't a collect. It isn't a conspiracy theory, right? Like that that is the thing about racism. Like it isn't, and, and you know, and depression in general. It isn't like twelve dudes twirling their mustaches in the room who right. are like, aha. There are people who might be twirling mustaches in a room who might be benefiting from uh, a group being marginalized, oppressed, and ex- exploited or ex- exploited. Um, but like, the, they are not the ones who necessarily are the only people putting that thing in place. Like there's right. a set of practices and and games. Games in which what your main objective is to kick down a door or pick the door's lock <laughs> and then shoot a bunch of dudes have a hard time dealing with systemic like issues, right. even though the the fun in those games is systemic, right? Like there, it is not. They are not often capable of being like, okay, here is the thing at the root of this, which is like housing practices, redlining, <laughs> right. the lack of wealth generation over the cost of over the course of generational right. uh, family life, right? Like those things are not represented in Mafia Three in in any way, really. But but I think that the the high points of the story touch on those things, right? Like I think about the the corruption of the justice system that like reframes the death of two innocent black people as uh, such that they are the criminals as like. Good, good hit, like subtle hit in a way that most of that game is not very subtle. Um, the way in which it talks about the necessity of the black mob uh, as a as a like a cornerstone of that community because they don't have much else. Right. Nice, good. Like you find the family you can you know you you can build. Um, but but I wouldn't look to Mafia Three for solutions. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, that said, the thing that I think uh, the the biggest factor for me, though, the kind of like wow factor around all of this, was like one they made Lincoln Clay just like a badass dude, right? Like Lincoln Clay is a black, like almost like a black exploitation hero, right. in that his coolness is his attraction, um, and at the same time they didn't just make him a badass video game dude who happens to be black. His blackness is real and is, is feels his blackness is real. And also they even address the fact that like the fact that he is mixed doesn't mean he is not black. Right. Right. That like his, his unknown parentage, the fact that he's like a light skinned dude means that he is probably half black, but like for the world, he is a black dude. Right. Um, and, and that is, uh, that stuff I think helped land for me because the thing that I've always kind of like secretly feared is that the kind of like progressive moves towards more diversity in games would result in like, what if John Marston was black and then just like change the skin slider, right. change his, his, you know, his face, um, the end yeah. and like not engaging at all with the question of race. The, the biggest, like, systemic thing here for me was the question of visibility the, there's the the stealth system in this game has like the thing that again the far cry games have been doing for a few years of just like radial 
like section of the screen that can light up and like point an arrow if you're being seen. Right. Um, and it has that for enemy encounters all the time. It also has that for the cops and it almost never comes up in a way that like gets the cops on you. Like right. unless you're doing real fucking crime when you're being watched, right. like they're not going to, yeah, you're like or red unless, lights and shit and they, they or care. if you're in a, a whites only building, right. I, I, you know, but you're almost never in there unless you're going in there to pick up a collectible or some medicine or right. something. Yeah. Um, but the feeling of being watched is pre- is all over that game. The like, you turn a corner and the blue arrow lights up to tell you, oh, there's a cop watching all of your moves. Yeah, is like the only time I've I've seen any game try to tackle those politics of visibility. Of like, everybody else isn't being watched by this cop. Like all of these white folks around you get to live their lives unnoticed. They get to be anonymous in a way that you you do not. You are marked. And that is, for me, like, the best it, it gets in terms of its gameplay systems thinking about race. Um, and whoever, like, made that decision that, like, I don't know if they had to make the gameplay argument or, like, I don't know what argument that they made or what their what their intention was. But the result of I'm moving through New Bordeaux and there is no upgrade I can get. There is no amount of money I can get. There is no disguise or armor that, that can protect me from the vision of the police is, like really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, and so for me that overwhelms or like uh, that outpaces any sort of like, yeah, but then it doesn't really go anywhere. Um, we'll, we'll get there. Like that's my hope for, that's my like, you know, we gave, we gave mafia three and Lincoln clay most likely to influence others because like, I deeply believed like this is a game that will kick down the door <laughs> to, to doing things with history and place that, goes beyond Assassin's Creed conspiracy theories, right? right? Like, yeah. I like those Assassin's Creed games being set in Renaissance Italy. I like, I like that stuff. Yeah. But, like, also, I want those things to not just feel like wallpaper. Uh, like, really, really fucking pretty wallpaper. Yeah, yeah. But, like... Okay, so, yeah. So, I can, yeah. I can take... So, my... Then, my uh, uh, interpretation of your takeaway is that like the way that they, like you said, made Lincoln Clay's blackness matter and be like a real part of his character and the world and his role in it. And the way that the systems actually acknowledged those factors um, in, in a way that reflected experience um, directly to the player and all that kind of stuff like is, yeah, sometimes sometimes just like taking taking the step forward, even if the full package isn't necessarily yes. like you're like, and everything about it was perfect. The the stuff that it's doing is stuff that hasn't been done in this way on this scale to on this, this scale. many like to this many players and probably this many other developers and stuff um, before, and and that's like a, a, a legitimately valuable. Thing. It's one of those things that's like it's totally happened in the independent space, sure. and the, the kind of like alt game space. Like games have been tackling race since there, you know, since there were games. Games have been dealing with everything that there can be, right? Um, in the history of humanity, but like the sort of big crossover hit here is surprising to me. Yeah. Like it was a, from my understanding, it was like it sold really well, um, and that is exciting because. My hope is two things. Like one, there are people who are on the development side who can feel emboldened by this, who have like 
those pitches that they're like staying up late to, right. to work on for like the next time that they get to go in front of the publisher and say, Hey, here's the thing we want to do. Um, uh, who, who can now point to this and say, Hey, it worked for them. Let's give this a shot. And the, the other thing is like, I hope it opens that door for players who not that they will come to like demand it necessarily, yeah. but who will be receptive to it. Well, I mean, there, there's this, this like, whole path. thing where like, like you were saying, pitching to publishers, that has changed a lot over the last, let's say, 10 years or so. But the whole thing of, like, well, you can't – there, there can't be a female protagonist. You can't put a woman on the cover because right. nobody will buy it. Like, And I'm sure that there have been similar arguments of just, like, well, if you make – if you just put a black guy on the cover, like, not, nobody, like it's not going to sell enough copies to right. justify the investment. And so maybe a year where the – the protagonist of Mafia and Battlefield and Watch Dogs are all black right. guys, and it's like the game still got made. Like they they got right. marketed. People like them. Like you can do shit like this, and maybe do even more with it. That, that's I, an I actual like that's a that's an actual like thing. That that's means a plus. Something, you know? That's a plus. Yeah. yeah, it does mean something. Yeah, totally. And I, I think that like that's that is one of the big takeaways. I, I hope people get from it and i also just like want more games like this in terms of their design like i yeah. do just want more playgrounds and yeah. like exp- you know I-, I want player expressivity to-, to continue to be a thing that we we push for because it can be so easy to it can be so easy to be like lulled by the sort of like hyper set piece design stuff right. that is fun and i enjoy it to death like i don't know like steve we didn't like do this at the top but like hey People know you from Minerva's Den. People know you from working on Gone Home. Like Gone Home is like a very scripted thing. It has yeah. it's 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 systems heavy when you when you understand systems to be very broad and like interaction and exploration and level design and all of that stuff. But like that isn't a game where a grenade rolls down a hill right. at any point <laughs> <Indeed>. necessarily, uh, <laughs> unless the you know there are narrative grenades <laughs> in Gone Home. But like, what is it that like draws you to games like that? that do have the, the, the open systemic stuff. Uh, do you think there's a place, do you think that like, that's something that will continue to be in vogue? Like what generally speaking as a designer who makes games that are more scripted, you're working on Tacoma now. I have no idea if Tacoma has grenades rolling down space hills or not. Uh, but my suspicion is, my suspicion is I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it. Well, I guess I don't know what a narrative grenade is, and I don't necessarily know what a space hill is either. So, we, so the answer is maybe. <laughs> well, so I think that the narrative grenade in Gone Home is the Terry stuff, is the okay. father stuff, sure. which is like you toss that grenade in the sense that like you pull the pin on that grenade by planting stuff in the house, and then it rolls down the hill of the player's mind. <laughs> Hooray! Of just like, all right, where is that fucking going? Like, right. what is that? And then, like, bing, bump, bonk, like, pinballs around, and, right. like, oh, I got it. There's this whole other thing that's happening here. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I guess that's, that's – which is systems-driven because it's just, like, if you find the right things right. in the right order and, like, put it together in your head. This is – we're deep in some weird bullshit metaphor. Uh, but, like, yeah, so, like, that's – No, I, I, I mean, I, what I'll say is that I come from – working on games that are uh, much more systems driven and that come from the looking glass immersive sim kind of like player agency focused school of game design from working on, on Bioshock stuff um, and being a fan of system shock two and thief. And, you know, I, I I just finished playing through dishonored two. The, the, the way that um, 
the way that I looked at that when making Gone Home is, and with what we're working on now with Tacoma, is what you do with that design philosophy um, is pretty malleable. You know what I mean? Like, there's a design philosophy which says, we the designers are not going to tell you what to do next, and we're not going to require you to take certain steps to you know, accomplish your goals aside from the very broad, like you have to get through this door to get to the next area. But like being hands off in terms of, of guiding the player, but giving them the consistent interactive tools to be able to express the role that they have internalized in that game in a way that is driven by their own intent each moment to moment is what's important. So, you know, even if there aren't, emergent AI behaviors or an upgrade tree or, you know, multiple player powers or anything like that in gone home, you are saying I'm in a house. I'm a member of this family. What my, 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 my family is missing. My sister has left this note. I want to find out what happened. Well, if I were here and if I were in this role, I would probably go through all the cabinets and drawers and try to go to to all the rooms of the house and see what I can find and figure out what happened by being able to pick things up and examine them and read them and all that kind of stuff. And so we, as the designers, said, here's who you are. Here's what you can do. You figure out the rest. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a huge part of the... Yeah, kind of immersive sim outlook of we have a world that works in a way that you understand and you can do things in it that you understand. And now you make the connections between what are you going to do to accomplish your goals in that right. role in that place. So I, I that when there are games that I play that take that kind of approach and do have a more like complex, dynamic, mm-hmm. uh, inter- interactive ecosystem involved in them, um, it's it's a different part of contiguous territory for me. Um, And so I do love being the player that can say like, okay, I've decided that I'm going to play as Emily in Dishonored 2 and I'm going to be non-lethal but very aggressive and I have the abilities to do that. Um, And, you know, with with Tacoma, it's a similar thing where we say you go into this area of the station and now it's up to you how you navigate through the kind of like chronological narrative that you're encountering to, to build a, a full picture. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, and so I think that what I'll say is making any kind of game is hard. Um, and there are things that are extremely hard about making games that are super scripted and super set PC. And that in many ways, the hard thing is like building the content and also building the systems that enable that specific content. Like when I look at it, when I look at a Naughty Dog game, I'm like, yes, they put a shit ton of animations on screen and like, you know, like high res art assets. And it's like a big content production, but also they really did the code work to make it so that you can be controlling a character that's like running and jumping and grabbing onto platforms that are like physically simulated and falling. And like, you know, it's not just look at this movie. It's like, no, they made it. So you're playing an incredibly complex thing and that's enabling these kinds of moments. So like all that shit is hard. I think it's differently hard when you say, you know, when you do look at a game like dishonored um, and you're like, we've got, like you were saying, this playground that 
has these dozens and dozens of things, and what's hard about it is understanding how they can, like, it's a massive matrix that they can all interact with each other, and then turning that into something that is legible by the player, and that they can understand what they can do and why they would do any of it, and then actually turn that into a satisfying experience. Right. If that doesn't happen, all of the question of expressivity is completely gone. Because then what's going to happen is, like, they're going to get headshots. Right. Like, oh, yeah. I, I don't... I, if, if Dishonored is a game in which your abilities aren't made clear to you and how they can interact in interesting ways, like, you might not need to be Tom Francis, who is, like, the person who I learned the trick of, like, summoning a clone to then drop down on top of to, like to be able to survive long falls. Yeah. You don't need to be that good necessarily, right. but like you need to be legible enough so that you're not only like shooting people in dishonored or like just choking them out. And that is that I could see that being really tough. Yeah. Uh, and so when you ask so. about, you know, games like mafia and the, the, you know, this, this points back to kind of what I was saying earlier about the fact that having this kind of experience when I was playing mafia three, where I was like, this feels like Far Cry 2 um, mm-hmm. is like it's it's it is additionally differently hard to say you don't get that end experience without building up all you know whatever six layers of the core loop and that's all relying upon making this huge open world and making really strong core behaviors of the AIs and of the overarching systems and just of your inputs and all that kind of stuff. And so I think that these kinds of games are very popular. You know, when you do look at something like, you know, GTA, like GTA five was still one of like the top five best selling games this year. Um, like there's clearly a, you know, a brass ring out there for people (laughs) that, that for developers, you know, for publishers that want to get a piece of that. And like you said, Mm -hmm. Mafia three sold well, and that's great. Um, but I think that they are still going to be rare because the investment in that incredibly like heavy foundation of just being able to have a, a, a satisfying experience that's anything like this is just inaccessible to most development teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's really hard to do right. So even if you get one, it might not be a good one. It's still you still might right. Yeah. yeah. So totally. so I still totally treasure these kinds of games when they came out come out because I'm like, oh okay. You you don't get to, you don't get They'll to be here these. very often. You yeah. Know <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. It is it is it is definitely too rare. I you know, I actually think that ended up being one of my one of my beefs with Watch Dogs two in the end when I when I sat I enjoyed my time with that game, but that like it gestured towards that sort of stuff often and but at its best was a series of puzzles right. like and that is was cool and and I enjoyed it but like it never quite it never quite leaped up that extra rung right um so like last question for you because I know I know both of us have limited time is like as a designer what was your what was your like what were there any lessons learned from mafia 3 for you as as a developer like is there anything you you finished that game and were like yeah that's oh shit like that's a thing that I need to think about for this project, for future yeah. projects? Um, I mean, let me think about that. Like, as, as much as I mentioned, like, the concept of kind of, like, design philosophy overlap yeah. earlier, Mafia 3 especially, like, it, Mafia 3 is in a totally different territory than something like sure. Dishonored or, you know, Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, or, or, or Take Your Pick, um, in a way that is even further removed, I feel like, from stuff that I'm directly involved with. Um, I, I mean, sometimes you play stuff and it is kind of a, a reaffirmation of assumptions, just of sort of like, mm. 
Right. When you go hands-off and, and let the player guide the experience, it can be very satisfying, you know? And just yeah. sort of that, that, that reminder of, yeah, like, saying, here's, here, here's the world, here's what you can do in it. Like, be my guest, you know? Um, right. Even in a totally different kind of game um, can be... It, it is useful to remember maybe when you have that impulse to say like, yeah. well, but what if we just showed it to them? What if we just showed their face in this? Like, are they going to miss this? Maybe we should make them go do that to say like, it's worth it to find the solution that lets them go do that thing. Cause they want to not because we said, hold not on. We put an arrow on yeah. and said, Hey, come, come yeah, do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I think that with the, with the story stuff, you know, it is like, I think you, I think you mentioned at some point that, um, you know, you, you were saying that from pre-release all the way through the game, you were just like, like they better not fuck this up. But it would be so easy to like it's risky territory to be in, right? Super easy to and yep. and as far as I'm aware, you know, like there were a lot of people involved with the the even the narrative development side of the game who were not yep. drawing from their own personal experience. You know what I mean? That's absolutely true. Um, yeah, between totally. the era and the race issues, like. Um, and to be reminded that so when you're working on story stuff, it can be easy to get scared off of stuff that mm. that that has baggage. You know what I mean? It can be easy to say like, "Whoa, maybe we should just make them like <laughs> more generic, like you know, like why don't more we just white. not even talk right, about more, that? Right, more like know? us, more more comfortable to write about. Yeah, just like uh, let's just remove that character trait. They don't have to have that. You know, like what if the, you know and. And right. it was something that, you know, I was very conscious of when working on Gone Home was that, like, I needed to go deep on research and doing interviews with people and stuff so that I wasn't just working from my unfounded assumptions about what a right. queer person's life experience was like, it, you know, at that time in that... In the 90s, cause, you know, cause yeah, it, in the early Well, and yeah. just, like, in at that age, you know, being a teenager right. and stuff. Like, sure. I, I don't... Sure. I had, you know, everybody has some crossover teenage awkwardness experience, but there's all the specificity of, like, but in ways that are important and they're actually addressing and talking about it and they're, like, mm-hmm. the center of the game. These are not things that I can pull out of my own head. Um, and so that reminder of just being, like, they invested in saying we're going to talk about things that aren't easy to talk about and we're going to make it our job to do that well. And for that to be possible and for that right. to be something that you can see an example of and be like, yeah, you can, it, you can not be scared away by things maybe being riskier than, than just, you know, staying in your comfort zone um, is, is always important to see. And I would like to walk back just for a second. I'd like to walk back um, earlier. I, I, I don't like just like dropping a bomb and then, I mean, not really even a bomb, but I like, like Earlier, I when I was inviting you to talk about uh, your take on the story, I, I sort of I said that I felt like in the end the um, the the approach or the the final product ended up feeling uh, a bit facile um, with race stuff, and I didn't really get to talk about that much. I think from so I don't want to just leave that there and just like not actually yeah, totally of so course. like yeah, yeah, yeah. because you know I don't just want to be like yeah all right, and then uh, ride off into the sunset. My I think that mm-hmm. my um, I think that my impression there is was primarily um, 
in terms of a feeling of just like a little bit of coarseness in how much they were able to put on screen. Like you, you were talking about the the news story with the two guys who came to the 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 Viet, uh, the Korean War vets home and were killed and the the trial and everything. And I think like I definitely remember that um, because. It, w- it was one of the relatively few points on the graph. Like, it was one of those sure. things, like, sometimes you're, you're playing something and you feel like, wait, so is this, like, one of the only things happening in the world? You know, like, it, yes. it was focused on to a degree that it made me feel a little bit less um, responsible for my understanding of it because it, it came up a lot sure. you know it was sort of like yeah. they're talking about this again and more and more and more like this is a really important thing in the world and i didn't feel like i was able to reach out and grab it but that it was really going in my ears a lot you know what i mean sure. and stuff like yep. when you're yep. walking down the street and like the whole like you know cop arrow thing is very subtle and like uh, uh, this ambient aspect of mm-hmm. what being in public as that character is like and then Sometimes they're just people who are like, "What you doing in this part of town, boy?" And I'm like, "Right," and it's like, I'm like okay, I'm like okay, like I'm broad I'm rushes, kind of like... hearing people shout that kind of stuff a lot." Okay, you know, um, <laughs> yep, and like that, yeah, and so, yeah. And, but the what I want to say is that that shit is really hard, right? Like putting right. the right, it, it's 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 more of like a game, like it's a narrative game balancing challenge, right? Like you have to yes. say, like, we want to put this in enough that you're aware of it but not so much that it just feels like, you know, there, there's just this one giant, like, ball of, like, racism exists that's, like, right, falling on exactly. your head all the time. But you don't want to have it not be represented, and especially in an open-world game where, where the player might be yep. driving around for dozens of hours. Like, dealing yeah, that with that balance, is not an easy thing to, to say, uh, and, you know, like, how do and we I do have that no right? idea if I have no idea if they rebalanced it between the demo I saw in, like, a month before it came out a month and a half before it came out in the final release or whatever. But like in that demo, there was even more, I encountered even more of that yeah. shit, like even more in the, in the way of slurs, even more in the way of like direct, like diminishing of you as a player, right? right? As a, well, for me as a player and as a character, right? Like that. And, 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 and I think that it has a, I think it has a diminishing a of the overall effect, right? Because, totally. because you're Absolutely. like the first time you hear it, you're like, Oh shit. And then the twelfth time you hear it, you're like, "All right, <laughs> you, you know what I mean?" I can, yeah, um, no, yeah, exactly, and, totally, and, totally. And I think that you know, I again, I don't really um, fault them for that heavily because I acknowledge that it is not easy at all to right. to really balance that stuff. But it was for me part of the end effect of of like just the overall execution having that. That, that twinge of clumsiness to it that I was like, oh, I wish they could have balanced that perfectly. So there was like a right. couple times I encountered it and really remembered it. Um, so, so I think that, so for me, I think it's more of like a, a structure or like the shape of the thing thing. When I say, yeah, when, when I'm critical of it, as when you say facile, to, yeah, you're not saying like, you're not saying unthoughtful. You're not saying like, you're not saying like, mean spirited no, you're yeah. not saying like no, you're just it, saying like ah, it's just like, sort of like the way it hits you doesn't feel like it's quite on that like delicate balance yeah i, you know? I like and and a big part of that ends up being like they were also making a game about kicking down the door and shotgunning dudes yep. and 
that might not always be the best vehicle for right. commentary on race. Yeah. Um, and, and there are definitely moments where it feels where the, where race can, can feel reduced to wallpaper. Um, but I think overall my takeaway was still like fairly, was still way more positive oh, yeah. than I expected it to be. Yeah. So yep. I'll, I'll give him, I'll give him the win on this. Yeah. Same. You know, thank you, Steve. Absolutely. For, for chatting with me this fine morning. It snowed last night, but all oh. the snow is gone. No. Now, so I, <laughs> I you know, it's 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 been a joy. We should we should chat more often. Yeah, thank you for giving in to my pestering. And, Your uh, pestering finally won out, <laughs> and, and here we are. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can uh, find me at Fulbright on Twitter, um, or you can go to Tacoma dot game to find out about Tacoma that we're working on. Uh, if you want the real URL, you can go to yeah, ta.co.ma. dot ma. Uh, Thank you. I was, I was going to prime you for it's, that. It's just I harder to also, say out loud, but yes, it is. Should, it is a dot co dot Morocco um, URL. That's that's <laughs> what that's what the dot co dot ma is. Good. Um, uh, I should note that Steve is the origin of us having, in a sense, waypoint dot zone. <laughs> as a, he was insistent that we would we would be zone dot zone. <laughs> well, like when yeah. I was pitching you, you site uh, names. Austin was was. Mentioning what some of the candidates were, and I was like, "How are you mm-hmm. not zone? How are you not? Yeah, one of, why am I not just zone. going to zone? For God's sake!" <laughs> I should I should register zone dot zone. I just realized I don't. I never got around to that. I should look into it. Yeah, do it. Do it before this goes up or somebody else. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to. Otherwise, I'm gonna fucking. <laughs> so you can find us on the internet at at waypoint.vice.com at bazinga dot zone. <laughs> Now Jesus. at zone dot zone pyramids dot com. Hopefully zone dot zone uh, isn't taken. I'm gonna, I didn't. Crossed. I went to it and it was just dead. So I'm gonna. I, it doesn't always mean up. that it wasn't bought though. I know. I know. I'm worried about it. So I'm like <laughs> then someone is sitting on zone dot zone and I need to know what that motherfucker's doing. Yeah. Get get your. I need to know what they're. Get your money, people. I'll ask Patrick. Start, start who ising zone dot zone. <laughs> get on. <that. laughs> I'll hire a detective. It's gonna happen. <laughs> Steve, thank you so much. When what's up with Tacoma? Is there any news? Is there any? Uh, we're going to be um, showing it. We showed it. Uh, it was playable at the Day of the Devs thing um, that Double Fine uh, does right. um, uh, in November of last year, and we're going to have it out and playable in the Bay Area again um, this coming spring. And then we're just <laughs> finishing that boy up, and you'll be playing it oh, uh, boy. on PC and Xbox in. Uh, 2017, the the first the first, yep. first half ish of 2017. We're still figuring it out. All right, that was good. Fig, figure your shit out, Steve. Thank you so much. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks to Tim Barnes, our our audio engineer, and and thanks to Bowen for letting us use his song "Miss You" as our theme. You go to waypoint.zone slash b o e n for more info on him and us and every not on us. It'll just be on him. It's his music. Go listen to it. It's good. All right, everybody. Peace. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.